today we'll be continuing our series on the the Path Discipleship Guide. Um, Previously, James and Simon have spoken about evangelism and service and talking about how we can participate in God's story. So what we can actually do outwardly, what actions we can take to participate in God's story. And today we're starting on the next, as if you can change that one for me, the next step in it. So aware of God's presence. And this is really looking about our own individual relationship with God. So rather than that kind of that outworking and what we're doing, but really our spiritual journey with God and our individual um, relationship with him. So today I'll be looking at prayer and I think it's really appropriate that we just open in prayer. So Lord God, I thank you for the wonderful, caring and loving God that you are. I thank you for all the amazing members in our church. And I just pray that you really open our hearts today so that we will be guided by your spirit. And I pray that this sermon today will be your words spoken to our church, the words that are meaningful and lasting, and that you will place these in our hearts so that we can continue to grow spiritually in you. Amen. So there is so much I can talk about prayer, and I have 20 to 25 minutes, uh, and I had to somehow reduce this. So there are just thousands of books on prayer. It's a major literary style in the Bible, and I just can't cover everything. So I worked on narrowing it down. What it is do we want to take from this as a church today? So I looked at prayer in the way that how can we review our own prayer styles and then some ways that we can work in this area um, to continue to grow spiritually in prayer. So this is just basically the theme of the discipleship path guide that we've been going on, reviewing different areas in our lives and figuring out what is a way that we can step forward in different areas. So that's the way we'll be looking at prayer today. So today I'd like you to think about what is your prayer life like? How do you pray? When do you pray in the day? What do you pray about? And what would you like to add or change to your prayer life? The whole um, point is to continue. This is kind of something that is a continuous, uh, lifelong job that we are to do when we follow God. We should be improving in our spiritual journey. We should be changing. It is not like a one-off, I've accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior and that's it. I'll just go about living my daily life, but we do have to put work into this. So this is something that spans the rest of our lives and is an ongoing journey. So prayer, communicating with God, it is huge, so important and so vital to our Christian life. And how cool is it that we can do it? How cool is it and amazing is it that we can communicate with the God who created the universe? And not only that, but he wants us to communicate with him. He wants us to speak to him about everything. But what if I said right now that I was going to pick someone at random in the church to stand up and just pray for the church? Does that kind of like strike a bit of fear in your heart? (laughs) Do you instantly start thinking, oh gosh, what would I pray about? Do I have to pray about prayer? Uh, Do I have to pray? What kind of things would I say? Um, And you wouldn't really be thinking about, okay, great. What an awesome opportunity to speak to God in front of the church. You would be thinking about the words that you're about to say. (laughs) 
you might start thinking about, oh, make sure I'll, you know, maybe try and use intelligent words that make sense. Try to remember everything that needs to be covered. Oh, did I say that part already? Um, everyone definitely heard me stutter then, how embarrassing. Um, so praying in groups can be really intimidating. Um, I would say even just speaking in groups of two or three, I mean, that's a, that's a big example that obviously most people I think would find intimidating. But even if you're in groups of two or three, praying out loud can be quite intimidating. It can feel like spontaneous public speaking. Um, once I was leading a Bible study and I remember opening in prayer and everyone was kind of going to jump in and I began a sentence and sort of lost my train of thought. And then as I was thinking about how to finish that sentence, the next idea got lost. So I just ended up partway through a sentence, awkwardly pausing and then saying amen, which is not really what you're supposed to do when everyone's going to jump in. No one commented. Everyone went on taking turns praying. And all I could think about was now at least everyone in this group is going to feel really comfortable praying because it will be so much more coherent than that. So while praying in groups and in church and in small groups, it can be intimidating and often it's really distracting. We can be distracted by what we should be saying rather than focusing on the fact that we are communicating with God and not worrying maybe so much about how we're presenting that. So I will come back to this, but first I'd like you to continue to think about your prayer life and how you pray. Um, maybe, so I'm sure everyone finds it potentially easier to pray individually. There is none of that social pressure. There is none of that kind of, you know, think about exactly how we should say in front of people and what they think we should be saying. Um, However, how easy is it to become distracted, to start praying and then your mind wanders and you start thinking about something else and then you go, oh, that's right, I'm, I'm praying, I should go back to that bit. And um, one writer who was journaling about their prayer life said, I do not mean to deny the traditional prayers I've said all my life, but I have been saying them and not feeling them. My attention is always fugitive. And I definitely relate to that sometimes where I feel like I just can't capture my attention and keep it there and just keep it focused on prayer. So other issues might be you maybe don't exactly know what to pray for. So you might start to pray for something and then you think, yep, that's kind of all I really had on my mind or how to start. Uh, maybe when you're praying, you mostly pray for the list of needs that you have in your life. Um, sort of like a list of requests or wishes or things that are going on. It might be work situations, a bill that needs paying, the car broke down, a tricky staff member that you're dealing with, something like that. And we, we sort of pray for the issues that we have in our lives. Maybe you pray traditionally. So it's through grace and you pray each time before you eat. Or maybe you pray with the children before going to bed and it's more tradition-based. Or you might actually use a book of prayers or read through, pray through the Psalms or something like that. And praying in these ways is definitely not, there's nothing inherently bad about any of those ways. But what they are is lacking. It is lacking something if we're only praying in these ways. And what they're lacking in is relationship with God. We've taken out that side of things that is adding that relationship. Prayer is there so that we can have a two-way relationship with God. So if you look at the Garden of Eden, um, before everything went bad, God created us to have a relationship with him. 
Adam and Eve walked in the garden with God every day, talking to him, conversing with him, building on that relationship with him. And they had their needs met. They didn't have to do a wish list of requests. Maybe they would be like, oh, can you just move this tree? I like the sun here or something like that. But really, there's no kind of like desperate needs that need to be met. There was no sickness, no death. There were no working for basic food and needs. So there was none of those sorts of troubles to pray for. They hadn't read any traditional prayers. The Bible wasn't written. No one had written all these things that they could pray to God about. And I'm sure they almost definitely weren't saying grace before they ate. Um, And yet they walked and spoke with him every single day. God made us. That is the ideal. God made us to have a relationship with him and communicate with him in a relational way. And often this is the difference between maybe what our prayers are now and what they could be for us, what we could do spiritually and grow in this area. Now, Adam and Eve's situation was clearly ideal. You know, that's they were walking physically with God and speaking with him, which is just amazing. And, you know, unfortunately, they sinned and there was the fall and we're currently living in the world that we are now. So it's quite different. And speaking with God in that way was lost. But we have been given the Holy Spirit who works within us, who guides us. And we can still pray to God. It may not be as easy as Adam and Eve in the garden, but walking and walking with him every day but we can still communicate with him because of the Holy Spirit in a really relational way. God has still provided that. So some points on prayer. The first is that God is a relational God. He cares about our lives. He created us to have a relationship with him. And it might feel like, but why would he want a relationship like this with us? Why would he actually want to walk in a garden and and talk with us and do that sort of thing? Um, You know, he's the God, the creator of the universe. He's huge. Like, what would be the point of that? Um, And what could we have in common with a God like that? But he actually does. And in Genesis 1 verse 27, it says, So God created mankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So we do have something in common with God. We were created in his image. We are a reflection of him and not in his physical image. As a kid, I kind of thought maybe God sort of looked a bit like us, but had superpowers maybe, like powers of creation to become big and small and um, maybe invisible and stuff like that. Like he just had all the powers. Um, But this actually means we have the characteristics of God in us the drive for a relationship, to belong, to have a community. And this throws back so nicely to our church values, that the series on our church values that we just did. Um, you know, we were talking about our church values, our community and belonging amongst other things. And these are areas in our lives and a reflection of God's character. He wants to have a relationship with us and he built this in us as well. So if God wants to have a relationship with us and to communicate with him, that is prayer, then first communicating with him in this way is so important and so valued. It also means that we don't need fancy, intelligent words just to try and make him listen to us. And the conversation can be about anything, anything big and anything small. 
So it says in Matthew 6, verses 7 to 8, And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. So having fancy words, using the right language, sounding intelligent, remembering the exact words to describe something maybe that you read in the Bible, these things aren't necessary to be heard by God. So my prayer in Bible study that just, you know, bombed and was really incoherent, God still knew what I wanted to say. He still heard that. It was okay that that happened. It didn't negate my prayer in any way. And this is great. Imagine how inaccessible God would be when you're tired, when you're sad, when you've had a long day, and suddenly you have to think of the right words to say just to be heard by God. Like it's some kind of magic spell. If you say the right words with the correct pronunciation, then it can happen. God doesn't want to be inaccessible. He wants to have a relationship with us. And that means we can come with barely, with barely coherent speech when we're tired, when we just need comfort, at our lowest points, when we're exhausted. We can still come to him and we don't need many words and we don't need to speak or pray for a really long time. This makes God accessible to every single person in the church, not just people who are good at praying, like with long words, but to every single person in the church. Even the children with their single sentence prayers, they're heard by God just as much. And we can be heard by God when we're tired and when we don't know how to express anything as well. So not only this in terms of how we're praying, but we can actually come to God with anything that is big or small. So when you have a conversation with your friends and, you know, you've got a good relationship, they're your friends, you hang out with them, you chat about the small things. So, you know, I might say I'm struggling with my wardrobe right now. I have about three things that fit. Uh, and so I'm kind of trying to like time events so I don't look like I'm wearing the exact same thing for a month. But I don't really want to buy anything. So it's just kind of an annoying period. Um, maybe I would talk about how the kids kept me awake a little bit last night or that, um, you know, I'm excited to go visit the noodle markets this week, something like that. And these things are normal things to talk about with our friends and those we have a relationship with. And often our daily lives are filled with small things, not big things. Big things happen much less regularly. So if we feel that we're only supposed to come to God with big things like a relative dying or maybe you're changing jobs and you need guidance on how to do that and what decision to make, we are going to be bringing God into our lives. In a, it's going to be a much smaller part of our life. God won't take up much of our life. He will only be there for us. We will only be asking for his help and communicating with him when big things are happening. But if we bring all the small things with us as well, all the small things, and we're praying about our daily lives, he can be a much bigger part of our lives. And that is kind of where that bigger and more in-depth relationship with him will be. So if you think about the stresses in your life, often these stresses in your life are actually not a big, one single big stress, but actually are an accumulation of small stresses. So maybe I have heaps of work and I'm really behind and then someone emailed me with even more work. The kids slept badly, so my patience is wearing a bit thin. And then I realized that the outfit I planned for today no longer fits. 
And maybe it's that thing that kind of just puts me over the edge because it's all the small things in my life that are actually the stresses and nothing major and nothing big. If we turn to Philippians 4, verses 4 to 7, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, this is an awesome passage, and I would love to spend just the entire sermon unpacking it. But just looking at the section, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So in every situation, this includes the small things too. God is a relational God. And he wants you to pray in every single situation. And this is how we build a relationship with him. It's how we can hand over the small things. It's how they don't become big things in our lives. It's how we aren't anxious and worried. It's literally the answer when it says, do not be anxious about anything. And that is the way to do that is by presenting him with everything, with thanksgiving and rejoicing. So I would like to quickly note that this verse gives us an idea on, you know, how to pray as well, starting with rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice, and going on to say by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. So present your requests to God. So presenting these needs, these requests, the small things in our lives while rejoicing um, and with thanksgiving. So... I've downplayed the big things here, but, and we can see that God wants him to come to us with the small things, but he's also big enough to handle our big things. He is big enough to handle the big situations that go on in our life. And he is big enough to handle whatever feelings that we're feeling while that's happening. So he's big enough to handle the anger that you might be feeling in the moment of that big thing happening or the sadness or whatever it is. And we know that this is the case because God allowed, you know, the Psalms in the Bible. I mean, they are just full of angst and people basically complaining to God. People saying, what are you even doing? Why are you not here? Like, why have you abandoned me? They contain all sorts of human experience and emotion. You've got joy, hope, gratitude, but you also have sadness, hatred, despair, and anger. And even anger against God. And God, you know, that's in the Bible. He, he said that was okay to be in the Bible. God allowed these songs and prayers in the Bible, and he's letting us know that we can pray, we can talk to him about these emotions, we can talk to him about anything. And the focus of our prayers should be any experience we're going through in life and what we're feeling. And it's okay for that to be in the moment. God is big enough to handle those things. So just two examples I have is Job chapter 7, verses 19 to 21. And he says, Will you never look away from me or let me alone even for an instant? If I have sinned, what have I done to you? You who see everything we do, why have you made me your target? Have I become a burden to you? Why do you not pardon my offenses and forgive my sins? For I will soon lie down in the dust. You will search for me, but I will be no more. 
It almost sounds like it's a bit threatening at the end, like I'm going to die one day and you'll look for me and I'm not going to be there. Um, And in Psalm 42, verses 9 to 11, it says, I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, where is your God? Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. You can see the authors, David and Job, they feel a sense of injustice, that God has targeted them or left them, left himself hidden from them. And David is really struggling with his emotions. He, you know, he often does if you read through the Psalms. And he's just praying them out to God as he does time and time again. God wants us to do this. He's fine with that. He can handle that. And this brings me to my next point. By praying to God, we can be changed. So prayer is relational and prayer brings us closer to him, develops our relationship with him. And as you can see, when we pray in David's one here, he does change. He still says by the end, put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my saviour and my God. When we pray about every situation, the big things in our lives, the small things, and we're adding in thanksgiving and rejoicing, this can give us peace and perspective in our lives. So you can see the final part of the verse that we've been going through in Philippians um, said, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So this is after we've, we've prayed in every situation with thanksgiving and rejoicing. And he's saying, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, is beyond understanding, beyond knowledge, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So by praying our needs, as well as thanks, thanking him and rejoicing in God and what he has done, we can bring our focus off ourselves. So if it's very easy to get wrapped up in our situation And we can start to incorporate God into our situations. We bring his peace into our circumstances and we develop our relationship with him. And this can completely change our perspective of what we're going through. So to wrap up, I was given 20 to 25 minutes on this topic, which is just impossible to completely go through everything out there. So as I was kind of praying about what to do, and just really looked at specifically what kind of issues would might we be facing in our prayer lives. And hopefully, you may have thought a little bit about how you currently pray and also what prayer can be. So a lot of you have the Path Guide booklets, and if anyone's interested, I think there's more on the table just out there. Um, and what we've been doing is we've been going through, um, it's just like a journaling system where you sort of set a nice goal, you figure out what you would like to work on, pray to God, figure out what you would like to work on in your life, learn a bit more about it, set a nice goal, and then practice that. Try to change something in your life and grow spiritually. So there are more of those journals out there. So I would encourage you to pray and discern, our first step there, and discern what God wants you to work on in your prayer life. Then learn a little bit more, either through your own Bible reading, discussing with Christian friends, maybe attending the connect groups in the groups that we're actually going through, the journals and the different sermon topics, learning more about them and setting really achievable goals. 
And one great place to start that I wish I could really include in the sermon, but we can't, is looking at the Lord's Prayer as a model. It is such a great thing to do, especially if your prayer life is more focused on that list of needs sort of style, because it really starts off with, here's a whole bunch of areas you can pray, exalting in the Lord, glorifying him, just as we saw in Philippians 4, praying for his kingdom and his will to be done. Then totally our needs are in there, Um, praying for forgiveness of yourself and helping us to forgive others and deliverance from temptations. So when you think about what you would like to write in that journal and make the changes, or just try to make the changes really achievable. So if you're not really praying much throughout the day, I wouldn't say, hey, I'm going to set an hour every single day and I'm going to pray every morning and get up early and do that. And I mean, that would make an amazing change in your life, but you're much more likely to feel like you've failed. So building on something that you're already doing and setting a goal that's achievable for you and your life, And then if that was successful, add something else on. Keep improving and keep practicing that. So I'm going to ask Sharon to come up and play something for us. And if Simon, you'd like to come and join. As a church, we've been adding more prayer into the church life. And there are so many opportunities already to ask for leaders for prayer. Um, And many people already do this, either in person, through email or text and things. And opportunities are always available for prayer after the sermon. But we've been looking at more opportunities and I'm sure you've noticed the little let us pray cards on your seats. So this is one way that if you'd like prayer for a certain situation in your life, you can write that down or some praise points. And we'd like to increase sort of specific opportunities to come for prayer following the service. So things that are kind of an opportunity to say, If you would like us to pray for your prayer life, if you feel like maybe God is nudging you to be to work more in this area, then I would encourage you to come forward for prayer. So if you'd like to come up now and we can pray and start that discern part of the path guide. And if you feel like you've been hearing this sermon and God is speaking to you in this area, you know, come forward for prayer. It's really relaxed. We're not trying to say hey, whoever's struggling with greed, come on up. Like, let's pray for your sins. This is just, if you would like to improve your prayer life, you know, come forward and we can pray for that. If you have heard one of the earlier sermons from Simon and James on service and evangelism and you felt those areas were more something you'd like to work on and you're just not sure the next step, you know, come up for prayer. If you feel like you are just ready to take you think that this might be an area and spiritually this is a good way to step forward. Um, I feel like prayer is something that is just, you know, something constant in our lives. We could always be working on. So let's just raise this issue with God and, you know, come forward for prayer if you'd like. So I'll pray now and if anyone would like to come forward, you can just come forward now. Lord God, Father, Almighty Father, creator of this whole world and the universe and every one of us here, I thank you for caring for us. I thank you for wanting a relationship with us. And I thank you for providing a way for us to speak with you directly through your Holy Spirit. You want a relationship with us and you want us to pray through unceasingly and about the big things and the small things in our life. And I pray that as we think on this area of prayer and communicating with you, that you will speak to us, speak to our hearts, and guide us. Help us to leave here today with some idea 
of how our prayer lives may continue to grow spiritually. Help us in discerning ideas on how to do this and how to apply this in a way that is achievable and long-lasting. Amen.